have the desire, have the tenacity, have that determination, have the goal, reach big, dream big, um, put all your energy into it, um, do the things necessary to show up every day to get up and do all of that, but then detach. Like the final piece of reaching your goals is to detach from how it actually has to happen. And I think that ties into Liz's, I think we all have, just picking on Liz because she mentioned it, but we all have rules. Like Liz may have 30 rules and I may have like five rules and somebody may have a hundred rules, like little tiny things that need to be met in order for it to be achievable, right? Or for it to be a success. And when we begin to question the rigidity around our goals and maybe they can expand into even a bigger goal that we never even thought was possible. Whoa, like see what, what greatness that can bring to us. Meeting yourself where you're at versus like where you want to be. If you know, you have a goal of doing a 5k in two months or three months, um, you know, be realistic with um, where you're at and where you're going to be in those three months. Versus, you know, I think a big thing about the goals that I see that are can be negative is that the fact that most want to be there now. It's like, or they want to be there yesterday. <laughs> so that's that's the biggest challenge, I think, with goals is just to set yourself up with realistic expectations um, and then do a little bit every day over a long period of time to reach that goal. We're actually starting from right here, this very moment. And in this moment, I have all my years and moments up to this time in me, the lessons, the teachings, the miles, the journey, the travel, the jobs, being single, being married, having kids, all of that is inside me right now. So I'm actually not starting over. I'm just starting from right here. So I've been guiding my athletes and using that same thing. Just every time you feel yourself wanting to use that language, just do a little mind shift and remind yourself, I'm actually starting from right here. And I would also say too, it's okay if you're not at the banana snicker bar level, you know, if you're still at the package Lara bar level, you know, and, and that's your dessert at night, or that's your, where you are packaged foods, like honor where you are right now. We all came at this, you know, we are eating and nutrition has changed over the years and just, be where you are and be okay with that. And we're here to help you. If you can even dedicate two minutes every morning to just sit quietly and then throughout your day, pay attention to what you're doing while you're doing it, you're gonna deepen that relationship with presence and everything's gonna come from there. It's gonna come very naturally. It's gonna come when you're ready. And the things that are in your way that are these illusions that make you feel like you're stuck because we're never stuck. It's impossible. We live in an ocean of motion. Everything is always changing. Those layers will also fall away effortlessly. And it really comes from this, this one simple thing, just paying attention to the moment that you're in right now. Right now, as you hear these words, just like feel your feet, feel your hands, feel your breath, you're present. It only takes an instant.
Welcome to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. We are Justin BJ, and it is right here each week since 2016 that we've been sharing conversations with people who are looking, finding, and living their purpose. And today, we've got five of us walking the talk for you. I'm excited to welcome to the show all of the Yogi Triathlete coaches. We have come together to dive into topics that we've been working with with athletes as they endeavor to achieve their goals through physical, mental, and nutritional training. Sharing the mic with me today is Liz McCutcheon, or Running on Venti, Daniel Renches, otherwise known as the Vegan Burrito, and Linda Lang, or Chef Linda, as she's known in the Awake Kitchen. As always, I have our head coach, BJ, by my side, and then there's me, YT's mindset coach. Although, if we're to get to the truth of things, all five of us are mindset coaches because that's how we roll here at Yogi Triathlete. So first, I'd love uh, for each of you, and we'll start with Daniel, each of you to say hey to the audience, share your current role at Yogi Triathlete, and then let us know what you're excited about. Hey, everybody. This is Daniel. Uh, current role is triathlon coach at Yogi Triathlete, and I am excited for really the rest of the year, um, and our upcoming team race at Santa Cruz is going to be absolutely amazing. Linda? Good afternoon, or good morning, wherever you're li- whenever you're listening to this. Um, my name is Chef Linda. I'm here. I am the um, Awake Kitchen chef for our nutrition section and also a little bit behind the scenes of the podcast. Um, And I'm excited about um, September coming, school coming back, and uh, a little bit cooler weather. And I'm Coach Liz, and I am currently the running coach for Yogi Triathlete. I'm excited about a couple things. I get to drop my youngest daughter off at college in California a week from Saturday. And I'm also heading to Hawaii on the Awake Minds retreat in Maui. Super excited to be in the heart chakra of the world. Coach BJ here, uh, head coach at Yogi Triathlete. And uh, oh man, what am I excited for? I mean, the list is endless, and I guess I have to pick just one. I would say um, this conversation with all of you. I, I, I think it's the first time we've all been together on one on one um, podcast episode, so we get to play off each other's energy, and, and it's not so often that we are in person. Um, so the next best thing is to be here virtually together, and I'm, I'm excited to have you all here. Okay, and you? finally and who are you (laughs) and me uh back to me i'm jess uh i'm mindset coach here at yogi triathlete and i have to say i'm pretty freaking excited about the ride i just took in on this wave coming back from an ocean swim this morning i have never ridden a wave like that uh in my life and i've spent my whole life by the ocean it was super cool and it kind of like i realized that like when it catches you and I was in the, like I'm in the white water with it and then it's crazy and chaotic and I just relaxed and I got the ride of my life. I'm so excited about it. It was super fun. I was actually looking back as you, as you come into the shore, you look <laughs> back at the waves to make sure that, you know, they're not going to throw you. And I look back and Jess was like, there's this nice wave coming behind her. And all of a sudden she's now she's on top of this wave. Like I see these goggle eyes like popped out and then she disappears. 
And then I don't see her until she's in front of me. So <laughs> you definitely caught the wave. It was pretty funny. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, all right. Where, where we're going to start is, um, so we asked all the co coaches to kind of share some things that, you know, either we're working on, we're working on with athletes. We see, uh, we see things in our community and our families. It's always, we're playing off of what we are experiencing, right? Like we really just, we, we hone in on, um, what's working well for us or what we are working through. Um, so I wanted to start with the first question. Liz had this question about, you know, working with some athletes who are stuck. Um, and I'll say I've, I've been there too, stuck on starting over. Um, and it, that can because, be because of, you know, injury. Most often it can be uh, lifing, uh, maybe a new baby in the family or a new job or you moved. Like there's something that's disrupted your training and now you need to sort of start over. And, and I think, I think in this instance, the athlete or whoever it is, is thinking, oh my God, how am I ever going to get back to where I was before? Um, so Liz, why don't you start with, um, with what you're, what you're working with and what you're working through and then, um, then we'll bounce it around to the others. I've been working on some with some athletes currently that um, use the verbiage, I'm starting over, or I know I'm starting over, or accepting that I'm starting over, that I'm not where I was, that I'm not where I used to be, that I'm not in the shape I was five years ago, or before this, or before A and B. <clears throat> and I was sitting with this in meditation on how to guide them. And it came to me and it was probably came to me because it was also something I needed to hear as I work through um, some opportunity in my body and what's going on in my life right now. And it's that we actually aren't starting over. Starting over would mean I'm born again. And the last time I checked, I'm not born again. So um, we're actually starting from right here this very moment. And in this moment, I have all my years and moments up to this time in me, the lessons, the teachings, the miles, the journey, the travel, the jobs, being single, being married, having kids, all of that is inside me right now. So I'm actually not starting over. I'm just starting from right here. So I've been guiding my athletes and using that same thing. Just every time you feel yourself wanting to use that language, just do a little mind shift and remind yourself, I'm actually starting from right here. I actually have all that endurance inside me. I just have to pull on it. Yeah. That's so, and it, and it's funny because I'm now that I'm like focus it kind of focusing on that, I'm seeing it everywhere that we so easily like, I'm starting over, I'm starting over. No, you're not. You're not starting over. Well, it's not yeah. just the endurance that's inside you. It's also the experiences that they've had in the past. So, and that's the thing. It's like they're they're comparing. They're, in, they're living in the past instead of living in the present and where they're at now. But they have those experiences that they could pull on. It's just like any you know, workouts that we do that we talk to them about pulling on those workouts when you're in that race, when, you know, the 400s or the 800s that we talk about so much. It's like you pull on that during the race because that's the experience that you had. 
same thing goes when you you know when they think they're starting over they need to pull on those experiences they've had in the past mm-hmm. and i think it's also reminding yourself to get out of that intellectual mind and come right here and you'll know you'll be more in tune with you and who you are and knowing that you're here right now you're not in the past you're not in the future because the mind will want to tell you that you're that's the one that's telling you you're starting over. That's the one that's kind of bringing doubt into it. And it really comes all the way down. It comes to fear. That fear can really take hold. And the more you can sit in some stillness and silence with you, you'll strip that away and see that you have everything you need inside you to take that next step from where you are. And I think it really, it boils down to the to the base of, of the mindset training, which is deepening your relationship with the present moment. Because when we're in the present moment, actually the present moment is timelessness. It's actually the only space that's outside of time. It's not past and it's not future. And it's also the only place that we are fully available. We have all of our faculties, all of our strengths, all of our capability, all of our intellect, all of our intelligence, all of our imagination, like all of our potential is sitting right there in the present moment. And so if this just feels like so far of a jump for people, like, whoa, I could never get my mindset there or it's, it's too hard or I don't know how to do it. Really, my experience in, is like if you just focused on deepening your relationship with the present moment, meaning paying more attention to what you're doing while you're doing it um, and, and putting yourself in the incubator of presence every day in a meditation practice, because if you don't have a meditation, like it's just not going to work. It's going to be very, very long and arduous. It's going to be a long, long path. And you're going to have a lot of highs and lows. And, and, and that meditation practice is, I mean, it really is the accelerator. It's what was a, we were had a session yesterday or the other day with our meditation teacher. He's like, it's the fast train. Like I want to be on the fast train. I want to be in the accelerated class of mental training. I don't want the slow, long, arduous path. I've, I've been on that path and, and it was never sustainable. And so if you can even take, dedicate two minutes every morning to just sit quietly and then throughout your day, pay attention to what you're doing while you're doing it. You're going to deepen that relationship with presence and everything's going to come from there. It's going to come very naturally. It's going to come when you're ready. And the things that are in your way that are these illusions that make you feel like you're stuck because we're never stuck. It's impossible. We live in an ocean of motion. Everything is always changing. Those layers will also fall away effortlessly. And it really comes from this this one simple thing, just paying attention to the moment that you're in right now. Right now, as you hear these words, just like feel your feet, feel your hands, feel your breath, you're present. It only takes an instant. I want to hear, you know, just a twist on this question, because I think it's a really good one. But with, with, um, with you, Linda, working with nutrition and, and athletes or, you know, people who are, you know, starting up, well, it's Monday, you know you know, August 1st, I'm ready to, to start fresh again. Um, how, how have you, uh, how does this pertain to uh, maybe athletes that you've worked with and in, in starting and stopping um, healthy or more healthier lifestyle? 
Yeah, you know, I think not staying with that present moment of like, what is the next best thing I can do for myself? So, you know, don't look like, oh, I want a different number on the scale. I want to look like this person comparing yourself to others. But what is the next best thing I can do for myself um, in my self-care? And that's, you know, nutrition. Um, So, you know, maybe, maybe you know, prepping your next meal or getting the junk out of the house or, um, I don't know, just being in that moment of like, what, what's the next best thing I can do? Not projecting to next week or when I'm going to be at the beach in my bikini or whatever, but what is the next best thing I can do right in that moment or that day that can help you stay focused? Yeah, I think what you touched upon there, Linda, it's like it's momentum. Like, okay, what's the next best thing I can do? I can I can cut the entire red pepper as opposed to yeah. just half the red pepper that I'm going to use for dinner tonight. So these little tiny changes, don't underestimate the tiny changes because the tiny changes are the profound changes. Those are the ones that begin to build the heap of habit. Yeah. Yeah, and just, you know, let's take that a step further with dessert, like these, you've turned me on to these frozen bananas with chocolate and peanuts on them, right? So, so good. So good. And <laughs> and everyone that's seen that photo has commented, I shouldn't say everyone, <laughs> many people have reached out and said, oh my God, these are so amazing. But, um, but again, it's, it's changing the way your relationship is with dessert so that you don't have to finish the whole pint of ice cream or the whole box of cookies. Like you can have like a healthy dessert that has some chocolate, right? We all like chocolate or most of us do. Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> so we can have these healthier options, right? And so a half of a slice of frozen banana with peanuts and um, a little bit of peanut butter and some chocolate, is that moving you closer to not binging on a pint of ice cream every night or, you know, a box of cookies? Like mm-hmm. that is, that is the progress. You don't have to start over. This is the this is the connection step. Like eventually, you may get to the point where you don't even need to have the frozen banana that's in the freezer. So it's that little by little, you know, moment to moment presence, making the choice, making the choices when you can. That it's not this all or nothing. It's not all or nothing. Of course, Clark is. So active. And we, we're going to put, um, I'll make sure that that recipe for these bananas goes in the show notes. So go to the, go to the blog post for this at yogitriathlete.com. And if you can hear Clark, he's drinking, he's hydrating right now. He's a reminder <laughs> for all of us to have a little sippy sip of some hydration. Um, all right. Any, anything else on that? Are you guys pretty, you guys feel pretty good? I, I think, I think the present moment is what is critical there. It's like such an important piece because I know I'm present when I'm not worried about my pacing or my power or any of that. It's like then I know that I'm I'm at the right spot. So, yeah. And I would say I would take it one step further and say and just correct me if I'm wrong that the present moment is really all there is. Mm. Yeah. It's all there is. You are correct. (laughs) Time is an illusion. It was created by the farmers. There's more on that in the Awake Athlete book that is coming out. (laughs) 
And I would also say too, it's okay if you're not at the banana snicker bar level, you know, if you're still at the package Lara bar level, you know, and, and that's your dessert at night, or that's your, where you are packaged foods, like honor where you are right now. We all came at this, you know, we are eating and nutrition has changed over the years and just be where you are and be okay with that. And we're here to help you. Hmm. I love that. I love that. She's so lovely. I know. Yeah. We love Linda. We love Chef Linda. <laughs> All right. Next question, guys. Um, I want to talk about goal setting. Uh, this is uh, super important. I want to get your perspectives on this. I'll start with Daniel. Um, goal setting and how can this help or hurt you um, as an athlete? And this can all, all of this can pertain to training, to life, school, nutrition, um, building a mindfulness practice. Um, but how has goal setting, how can it help you and how can it hurt you in your experience? Um, that's a good one. I mean, there definitely, there's definitely something tangible about having a goal to work towards or an event to work towards, or, um, you know, you want to get to a certain level. Um, so I think that, the motivation that'll give some people motivation to get to the, that level or to have like a certain time in mind for an event or, you know, even doing a certain event can be a really good goal to have, you know, and they don't have to be huge goals. It doesn't mean that you have to go out and do a hundred mile race. It could be a 5k. Maybe that's your goal. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely important to have, um, and again, on the flip side, obviously, there's always, you know, I guess not always, but there could be a negative side to, you know, having certain goals that um, maybe take more time to get to than what you feel they should um, or how, how long you feel it should take you to get there. I don't know if I said that very well, but I guess like meeting yourself where you're at versus like where you want to be. Um, so if, you know, you have a goal of doing a 5k in two months or three months, um, you know, be realistic with um, where you're at and where you're going to be in those three months versus, you know, I think a big thing about the goals that I see that are, can be negative is that the fact that most want to be there now it's like, or they want to be there yesterday. <laughs> so that's, that's the biggest challenge. I think with goals is just to set yourself up with realistic expectations um, and then do a little bit every day over a long period of time to reach that goal. Yeah. I think, uh, I think back to Liz's point about the present moment and timeline we created this all. We created this. And who who said that you need to, for instance, qualify for Kona on your second Ironman? Like, who who said that? Just because it happened um, doesn't mean it's going to happen for you. So when we release this timeline, we sort of get some, maybe some perspective that uh, we're in this for the journey. Um, Liz, what do you, what do you, what's your take? So um, I think goals are great because they can guide us 
to where we want to go and give us direction, inspiration. They're, they remind us, oh yeah, I have that goal. What's the goal? I'm checking in with the goal. But I would say the downside of any goal is our attachment to that goal. And the more attached that we are can create the suffering of what Daniel talked about of like not being where you want to be or wanting to be there now. Um, the more we can shift our mindset or, and get in some stillness and silence and detach, um, I think the goal will get, you know, will reveal itself to you even more as the day of that goal gets closer. Uh, Liz, how does one detach quickly? Um, I know it's not quick. Coming, <laughs> coming, back to, coming back to the present moment. Mm. And how would someone come back to the present moment? By sitting in stillness and silence and meditation. Mm. <laughs> Beautiful. I think, I think it's important, too, that it's your goal so and not someone else's goal. So I yes, think that's where 100%. I think that's where a lot of athletes find themselves frustrated is because they come up with these goals, but the goal really was someone else's goal and not theirs to begin with. Oh, that's so true. So how does that come about? I mean, how does someone's like wrap up into someone else's goal? Like comparison. Mm. Mm. <laughs> We're getting into that topic. <laughs> Compare. They're doing it. I should be doing it. Yeah. I mean, it just, it brings me back to this, you know, foundation of, of evolution of our soul and our spirit and our human beingness is like, it is better to fail at who you are and being true to yourself than to succeed by trying to be like someone else. And something I talked about with Jess yesterday was like, sometimes when we have a goal, we have a lot of little rules around that goal. And are you willing to let go of all these little rules so that you can move forward? And the answer, Liz? Is to sit in meditation. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is always to sit in meditation, my friends. Are you ready to let go of the rules? Yeah. <laughs> no rules. Party time at Liz's house. <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm dancing. <laughs> Linda, what have you found with, uh, again, swinging back to nutrition, which is such a huge part of our ability to, you know, let's just go broad here to have longevity and wellness in our life. People setting goals that have been super helpful for them or perhaps have really led them down a road of self-sabotage. Yeah, it's tricky. You have to be real clear on your intention on what you're putting out um, and not again, not to go, go far too far down the road with it. I mean, it's just one day at a time, one meal at a time, because you have to be flexible and willing to move it, shift it around if it doesn't feel right. You know, like our friend Sid would say, eat what you're eating and then add that stock of celery to the plate. Are you a healthy eater? Yes, you're having that one stock of celery because you didn't have it yesterday. So just that one simple change, you know, towards a healthier 
lifestyle can really move the needle. So just something so simple as that. Uh, or I always go back to Sid with his um, no time for a salad, you know, and sometimes it does those pretty salads that Dr. Amy posts every day on Instagram no <laughs> that I love. Salad, make it a burrito. <laughs> make it a burrito. Or Sid would say, and I do this, and I hear his voice saying this, you just grab that handful of spinach and throw it on whatever burrito or whatever you're doing, and there you go. There's your salad. Mm-hmm. No prep needed. That's why I eat so, so many burritos and smoothies. They're just I know. Because it's so simple. You don't have time. Who has time for that? But um, Beach has all the time for smoothie bowls. I don't have time for <laughs> smoothie bowl. Beach, those are so I good. Mean, smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> I would add to that too, that again, it comes back to like, say in that moment, you pick something that isn't going, isn't the healthiest for you. Well, guess what? In the next moment, you can pick something that's healthier for you. You can maybe grab those, a couple mini carrots, you, and and a thing of hummus. Um, So just because in that moment, you chose something that you know, wasn't the healthiest for you, you can make a new choice in that very next moment. Yeah. Very next moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. I had actually this talk with an athlete yesterday about goals and big goals and, and removing the timeline. So really reinforcing, have the desire, have the tenacity, have that determination, have the goal, reach big, dream big, um, put all your energy into it. Um, do the things necessary to show up every day to get up and do all of that, but then detach. Like the final piece of uh, of reaching your goals is to detach from how it actually has to happen. And I think that ties into Liz's, I think we all have, just picking on Liz because she mentioned it, but we all have rules. Like Liz may have 30 rules and I may have like five rules and somebody may have a hundred rules, like little tiny things that need to be met in order for it to be achievable, right? Or for it to be a success. And when we begin to question the rigidity around our goals, and maybe they can expand into even a bigger goal that we never even thought was possible. Whoa, like, see what what greatness that can bring to us. So I think that final piece of detachment is so important. It's something I've embraced in my life and learned a long time ago, really, in a really hard hard lesson, but, uh, I, I speak to it so much now and I love the desire of athletes to pursue big things and reach, reach for the reach for the stars. But if we can have that element of attached of detachment, then we're going to have a, 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 a more fun, uh, enjoyable and less stressful experience along the way. Yeah. And I just want to say like detachment doesn't mean that you don't care. It's not apathy. Neutrality doesn't mean that like, oh, whatever. That's not it at all. It means you care very deeply and you care so deeply that you put forth your best self in each moment working towards that goal. And when we do that, we really are engaged in the process and the results will take care of themselves. How we know when we're attached is, you know, if we're starting to get really nervous about things or what if it goes this way or what if this happens or, oh, I hope it does or uh, when we begin to get emotional about it. And this is how I really began to understand detachment and attachment myself 
was noticing when I would feel emotionally constricted around what it was that I was working towards. And in those moments, I would just pause because I want to give tools here as well, which I think we have been doing throughout this podcast. I would just take a break and I would just breathe and I would just come back into that neutral center where I would get myself out of the future because worry is all about what's going to happen next. Fear is always what's about what's going to happen next and come back into the, just the, the peace and the calm of the moment and then move forward from there. And so I think that detachment isn't an intellectual thing like, Oh, I'm detached. Mm, No, you're not like really it's an experience. (laughs) It's an experience and you Detachment is about when you find yourself emotionally constricting around the result of your efforts, that's when you want to back away, take a step away and come back into the center. So I hope that, I hope that's a helpful, a helpful thing. And and you've got to do it. Like I can't do it for you. You've got to do it. Liz can't do it for you. Daniel can't do it for you. you. We have to do it ourselves and and because we're capable of it, we're worthy of it. Like you have the strength of universes in your bloodstream right now. So you've got everything you need to make these shifts and changes and set huge, huge goals and meet them. But engage, get really, really good at engaging in the process. I think detaching from the timeline is what is really important there because just because you don't, reach your goal at a certain event or at a certain timeline that you had put in doesn't mean all that experience that you just had leading up to that is for not. I mean, you know, you detach from the timeline, you move forward to the, you know, keep momentum moving forward so that you do reach that goal. It doesn't mean you just give up at that point. You have all that experience now to move you forward. Yeah, t- attachment is is or detachment is a superpower. I like to I like to share with athletes. Like if you can get to that that moment when you're experiencing more ability to relentlessly pursue, is just as it's not like you're giving up and rolling over and succumbing to whatever it is. Uh, although you, there is an element to that, um, but it's really like detaching. It's being able to move forward in spite of everything that's happening and find a way. Find a way. And I would also add in, like, we, we're saying a lot of things right now, but we're speaking from our own experiences. Like, as coaches and as humans here on this earth, I mean, I, I'm letting go of a race that I was supposed to be at tomorrow. Like, I, did, I had to detach from being able to be there and do this race. I was excited about it, but it's also not, it's just not meant to be right now. And that's okay. I need to get healthier and stronger. And I know that that race isn't going anywhere. And if it does go somewhere, there's another race for me. So I think I just wanted to add that, that we are saying like detach and we're using all the words, but we all know how that feels. And we have all been there. We've been there where we've been in the emotion. We've been in the take a step away take a deep breath, sitting in meditation, stripping away the layers, stripping away the labels of who we think we are, 
and having to let go of things that we thought were supposed to be on that particular day. And it just isn't going to be. And it's okay. It's okay. Hmm. Yeah, I think when you can get over that, it's going to be okay and understand, you know, the universe has some a bigger plan. Um, We tend to think this race that you were supposed to do tomorrow, Liz, is the be all end all of your uh, endurance life. Um, And you're going to come out and crush it and get a medal and be able to do posts about it in story, but that wasn't supposed to happen. And, and that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It just means something, something it's making space for something bigger down the road, whenever that, whenever that is. And, and maybe if it's just an awareness of, I need to get stronger and, and, and get myself back into health, then that's exactly what this thing was teaching me. And I think that's a, that's a power. Um, go ahead, Daniel. Most races don't go the way you envisioned or planned. So um, working on that attachment is so important, you know, and it doesn't mean like just said, it doesn't mean you didn't care, but what did you learn from that experience to move you forward? I think that's the important piece. And I think I always look at it too. And I know we've talked, we've all talked about this and we can all, um, is that, um, these experiences help us be better coaches and humans in this world. It, it teaches us what we need to learn in this moment. And then we can use that experience to help others and guide others. Yeah. I'm working with some athletes on the same thing, like right now. Yeah. So looping this, you know, I, I like this idea of, you know, Jess, just always bringing it back to giving, giving our listeners tools, right? Tools and experience, like this is talking about, these are the experiences we have. This is how we coach. We actually do things before we give them to you. So we have some insight. Um, Linda, what are some, you know, I think nutrition is a big struggle for athletes to get enough calories to get recovery in. What are some simple meal prep hacks that we can implement as busy humans into our life to begin to merge our our goals that we talked about with the actions that we actually take, bringing in presence into our decision making process? So, what are some what are some quick meal hacks, uh, healthy meal hacks that you can you can enlighten us with? Well, I I, I think first off, you know batch cooking stuff ahead of time when you're not even hungry, when it's hot meal time or when you're in the kitchen, if you could be prepping for something and then also thinking just batch cooking like grains and beans um, ahead of time. So you have them in the fridge. Uh, Like just said, cutting that whole red pepper, cutting all the cucumbers up. So you have it because nobody at the end of the day, when we're tired, nobody wants to get the peeler out start chopping up cabbage, you know, start doing all the prep. So I think if it's already prepped and ready, go ahead. And I've even told people like, you're not home all day. You've been training, you've been working, you know, they'll pick up rice at the Chinese food place, you know, they're steamed vegetables, they have them ready to go. So you don't even have to do any prep. So stop by your local Chinese food place and don't get the, you know, gooey, whatever yummy dish, but maybe just get steamed vegetables and rice. And there you go. There's, and then maybe a can of beans that you have in your pantry is great. Um, 
or, you know, cook once, eat multiple times. I always like to say that. So you're cooking once, but you're making food for multiple meals. Mm. So you don't have to always reinvent the wheel every night. Mm. Um, yeah. I love that, Linda. Cook once. Eat that, twice. Yeah, 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 I love that. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, like, when you were just saying, I love that idea. Like, just go by the local Szechuan place and grab some rice and grab vegetables. And then I think life really becomes complete through the sauce. So when you, right. when you said that, I was just like, oh, tahini. Like, I am <laughs> loving tahini right now. Like tahini on everything besides my oatmeal. So for me, if I was going to get that, pick that up, I would just get, I've been loving the Trader Joe's organic tahini and just a drizzle on that with some salt and then nutritional yeast. Oh, that would some be hot sauce. Yeah. That would be an amazing meal. And that nutritional yeast is going to give you your B12 bang and you're going to get massive, massive calcium from the tahini. And then of course, all the high vibrational sattvic uh, nutrients from the vegetables and then great carbs from the rice. But what kind of sauces would you guys put on? Like what's your sauce, go-to sauce these days? I, I've been just, my balsamic vinegar is never too far from the counter. So I just like, if I don't have, I'll do a blob of hummus, balsamic vinegar, or lemons or limes. Mm. I would say that's my, my no prep go-to sauce. I think I like anything that has... So when, Jess, you were just talking about tahini, I was thinking about your avocado tahini sauce that... We make that all the time here from your cook, from the Yogi Triathlete cookbook that we, um, and my whole family loves it. I'll make a batch of it and we just use it like two or three days, like over vegetables, over rice, tofu, everything. And yeah. Linda had an amazing recipe in, um, in a weight kitchen. And because I'm mentioning it, I'll go ahead and, and we can share this recipe as well in the show notes for a barbecue tahini sauce, which was killer. It was so good. Daniel, what about you? What would you put on that? Um, hi, Finn. Linda's son is here with us. <laughs> hey, Finn. He's, um, he's kind of like a, he's kind of like, like a an, regular. He's kind of like a regular. He's kind of yeah. like an AV guy, you know? Um, Daniel, what would you put on that? I don't have any go-to sauces that I make myself, unfortunately. Well, I don't make the tahini. <laughs> That's because <laughs> I I, time crunched, always time crunched. But my favorite right now is the chipotle, I don't know what it is, but the bitchin' sauce. Oh, my God. Mm. I put that on, like, everything now. <laughs> you were hammered. Where was that where you just had it on the dashboard? It was, like, baking in the sun. Wasn't that oh, you? Oh, we were <laughs> Oregon. Was that yeah. Oregon? Yeah. We were at the pool and we were waiting for Jess to come out. And I was, I was just dipping my tortillas in it. Yeah. I ate like almost the whole container and just that one sitting. So that, uh, so BJ, uh, so Daniel's talking about this bitchin' sauce, which actually I think started here in Carlsbad mm -hmm. or Oceanside. And now they're big, they're nationwide. We used to buy it at the, the small little farmer's market and then they just blew up. I think probably somebody bought them. But anyway, I recreated that sauce and it's actually in the Yogi Triathlete cookbook. It's the Chipotle. Um, I can't, I think it goes, I can't remember what dish it goes on, but it's this Chipotle 
almond sauce. And so if you have the Yogi Triathlete cookbook, it's in there. Um, Beach, what would you, what would you put on that? Rice, steamed veggies. Uh, probably a peanut sauce. Ooh, uh, yeah. Trader Joe's had, you know, I'm talking convenience. I know uh, Linda's got one um, from the Awake Kitchen, but there's there's, a, there's one in uh, at Trader Joe's that I get that I use now as salad dressing. Um, the key in all of this is the portion doling doling out the portion size and old bj would you know lather it and probably put half the bottle and now it's just what can what how little can i put in and still get the taste uh for that but you know just the other night i think it was a few nights ago we started eating our buttered lettuce from the garden and i just wasn't craving anything so i just put squeeze the lemon on it and then as in typical BJ style for the next three dishes for the next three nights, it all just had lemon uh, because I have these streaks. Um, so just lemon juice, it's just so simple. Um, but another go-to is the amino, liquid aminos. Uh, Bragg's liquid aminos is always a good thing. High in sodium, but as athletes, really good to, to keep topped off and then to keep our electrolyte balances up. But, um, but yeah, that would be my go-to. So I have a guilty pleasure of... Um... I do like a good vegan ranch um, dressing. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. Oh, I love it. And I it was at the store last night and I stood in front of it and I looked at it for a while and I saw the impulses and I said, well, you just hammered a bottle of that the week that BJ was gone. So maybe just lay off, Jess. So I didn't get it. But um, I have never tried a vegan ranch yet. Oh, because um, I used to like. Follow your heart is good. Was my thing. Like I put ranch dressing on everything prior to going vegan so uh, i just know my impulses are like oh it's crack it'll just it's be so good. On everything. <laughs> it's so good how do you know it i have this <laughs> it's what i now i think it's better than crack because yeah. your teeth don't fall out and you don't go crazy <laughs> at three in the morning i think it's much better <laughs> than crack uh, I wouldn't know from personal experience. So I am making an assumption here. I'm breaking one of the four agreements. Um, all right. I want to know. So Linda, we got some hacks from you. Daniel, what's a hack, a kitchen hack that, that you do that just helps save time? Um, I mean, it's hard to not go with what Linda already said with bulk, you know, bulk batching. Or I like to treat kind of like, if I treat my week as if it's a race week where I'm like traveling and I have to prepare food, I think that's the best because it's like you're never in the mood when, you know, five o'clock rolls around and it's ready for dinner. You're just never in the mood to like spend 20 minutes in the kitchen prepping. So if you have one day where you can like prep it and get it ready and it doesn't even have to be a meal per se, just like you know, rice or beans or whatever, something that you could put together um, really quickly is probably the best, you know, it's just so much easier when it's, when it's just there. And you can make a burrito out of anything, as I found out in Lake Placid with, what, what did I have? <laughs> Somebody the day the next day, I guess, saw my Instagram post and was like, "Oh my god, I gotta get come up and get that burrito." <laughs> I made um, what was it? Uh, oh, it was a veggie patty 
because all I had was a microwave. So it was a veggie patty. Um, pot, or what is, what's the potato puffs? Tater tots. Tater tots. And hummus in, in the hotel room. And I just put it all together, wrapped it. It, it was so good. I love it. And somebody's like, I got to go get that burrito. <laughs> so good. Although, you know, here I am going, that's a low vibe burrito. But when we do our burrito rides, when we go ride Palomar and then we get those 27 pound burritos from Fatty's, which is a vegan Mexican yes. restaurant in Escondido, it's amazing. There is sweet potato fries in that burrito. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I know. It's worth the 3,000-mile trip. You should come. Um, Liz, do you have a, a kitchen hack that you can share? Um, I The one that's coming to mind is for juicing. Like, I'll cut things up that aren't going to go, like, brown. Like, I wouldn't cut up an apple ahead of time, but I would, like, I'll um, make create like bags of like um, the cucumber, the romaine, the ginger, just to have it all ready a couple days in advance. So I have a couple, and then I'm just throwing it in the juicer. It just saves a little bit of time mm. um, on those mornings when I want the juice, but I know I need to get out the door. Uh, I would say, you know, back to Trader Joe's, there's, I've just become oh. a big fan of them. They're so easy. Is They have these frozen bags of rice that you can buy. But they have a medley, a rice medley, and it's got like barley and and I want to say millet or, or like three or four grains in it. But anyway, it takes three minutes to microwave it. And I mean, just with a little bit of salt uh, and pepper and man, boom, like that's, it just, it's satiating. It's, it's healthy. It's, enter, you know, it's, you're getting your, your calories, your carbs in, um, but I just love how convenient it is. And that's normally when I would reach for something else that's convenient. Like in three minutes, I can reach for a bag of chips and then eat half the bag of chips. So instead, I can be patient and wait for the bag of rice to be done and then and then eat that. And then what the great thing is about those bags is if you don't eat the whole thing, then you have it ready for you know dinner and you can just throw some vegetables or beans on top of it. And there you go, another quick meal. We've done that for lunch with like like quinoa or some kind of grain for farro and then like with sweet potato and garbanzo beans and just like just throw it all together real quick it's like such a quick meal for lunch and that's something like that like uh quinoa or farro some kind of green sweet potatoes chickpeas that's that's a great pre-workout right? It's not going to have like a, a harsh aftertaste. Like we've learned the hard way, like Chipotle hummus, no bueno before a runo, no bueno. Um, but I think my favorite kitchen hack, and we discovered this when we were living on the road and we had one pot and we still have that one pot. Um, and we did all one pot meals. We went to the store every day. We didn't have a cooler for six months. Like we just went to the store We'd get a bushel of asparagus, we'd get a grain, and then we'd boil it on the on the camp stove. But we still do this. We just did it the other night. And then in the last few minutes of the pasta boiling or the rice uh, rice cooking, you throw your vegetables right on top, and then they steam out, and it's they're done. It's perfect. And so you don't even you don't need a stir fry. You don't need to roast the vegetables. You don't need to do anything. You just throw them in the pot while the grain or the pasta is cooking right at the end, like two minutes, and they'll steam up and they're just bright and fresh and gorgeous and nutritional. So good. 
and we didn't even have we didn't have a strainer on the road, so we just used the cover of the pan and just let the water, you know, uh, leak out. So we we didn't even have a strainer. So we had one pot, no strainer. Um, definitely, definitely working with, um, with the basics, but that's all you need. It doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be complicated. So as we, um, begin to kind of wrap this up, um, and Liz, if you need to jump off at any time, go ahead and jump off. The rest of you stay, uh, Liz has a, (laughs) you must stay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the question I have for all of us is how do you fill your own cup first so that you can be in service of others? So we're all in service of our families, of our partners, um, and especially of the clients that we work with. So Liz, I'm going to start with you. How do you fill your own cup up first? That's a great question. Um, for me, it kind of bring it's everything, right? So it's the consistency in me sitting, getting up early in the mornings, going to bed early, getting a good night's sleep, setting myself up for good sleep that leads into a morning where I get up earlier and I'm taking time for myself in stillness and silence through meditation. Um, I spend time outside right now while it's nice, you know, that th- just those things right there really fill my cup up and leads into the other things I do throughout the day to be of service. Linda? Yeah, you know, uh, I am a busy mom, so I serve all day long. And um, it's so important. I I don't want to become, you know, resentful or bitter if I'm empty so I have to top myself off first every day. And this has been a big reminder for me this summer. So it changes, it changes depending on the day, but I do start with a meditation and then I do a gratitude list. So I do five things that I'm grateful for. And it usually shifts my mindset to, you know, just simple things. Sometimes it's just three things. I can't think of five, <laughs> but it's just putting um, just simple things that I'm grateful for for that day and then taking care for myself. Um, So whether that's movement or nutrition, you know, prepping, prepping a healthy salad, um, taking a walk, calling a friend. um, So I can be of service to this guy who's coming in right now. Um, so it's so important because you don't want to be that bitter. We're, we're all so jam-packed with things. You don't want to be, um, you know, bitter or resentful. So you have to take care of yourself first. And it ebbs and flows. I think that's like life. Um, some days you do a better job at it than others. And just go with it and just be kind to yourself. Yeah, for me, I think there's two things that resonate. And one is sitting first thing in the morning. Um, it changes my mood completely for the entire day. Um, and I think my wife can attest to it. If I don't sit in the morning, she knows it, even though she's not in the room. Um, and then getting my workout in um, completely changes my mood as well. 
So those two things I think are non-negotiables for me to make sure that I can be in service um, with the right attitude um, for whatever the day brings. Yeah, for me, you know, pulling upon what Daniel's mentioning with working out and moving the body and getting those endorphins in, it's very, I'm very grateful that um, Jess has supported me in being this co-host of the of the Yogi Triathlete podcast in that being, uh, getting my workout in before we talk to guests and talk to community. Um, when I'm being interviewed for podcasts, whatever it is, before I teach a yoga class, wherever I'm sharing my voice to get my workout in before because I'm a better... I'm a better, better advocate for, um, for the audience to, in themselves, achieve something that they may not, um, may not believe is possible. And that's where I was once. So there's a formula to how I, I navigate, you know, I navigate podcasting and speaking and teaching. And it all goes back to getting some form of physical uh, exercise in. And, and there was a time there that I was attached to how that actually had to happen. Now it's really just any form of activity, yoga, breathing, taking Clark for a walk can suffice that, that, um, that cup of joy that gets me in the appreciation and gratitude that I'm capable of actually doing this. You know, I'm, I, I can, move the body. And there have been times when I haven't been able to move the body. So I'm in appreciation for any sense of movement that I can get. And, uh, and when I'm, when I fill that, that cup, um, I feel that, I feel that reciprocation on the other side. I feel like I'm engaging. I feel like I'm, I am, uh, I can actively give of myself 100% to those in my community. Uh, I think I think the obvious answer for me to give is meditation. And of course, I, I think at this point it goes without saying. But a practice that I started a long time ago, because I've been in a professional career of serving for many, many years now, first as a massage therapist and now, you know, and then as a yoga teacher and now as a meditation coach and, and mindset coach. Um and I take those roles with a lot of responsibility and, and that doesn't mean like they feel heavy or I feel like I've got the weight of the world on my shoulders, but that the way in which I show up to those sessions is that person on the other end is a sacred being who is uh, showing me that they're ready and willing to do work. And for me, I better show up 110%. And I think that we can do that in our lives in an exhaustive way, or we can do that in our lives in a very effortless way. And so a practice that I started a long time ago is to transition wisely. And so that means that, you know, like for example, yesterday, I think I was on calls for four or five hours in the day. And within those calls, I am always building in time to walk to the end of the street and see the ocean or 
sit out in my little shala and do a little meditation or get some nutrition in my body. Just have some moments to breathe so that I can end a session or end the service with somebody, have time to clear and step into the next role of being in service with somebody brand new. Uh, so this idea of transitioning wisely and for somebody who maybe is commuting and then they're coming home and and they've got family, it's, it's pulling in the driveway and setting your timer for one minute and breathing or maybe not even setting a timer, just taking a few breaths and leaving the past where it needs to be left in the past being in that car in the moment and then stepping into your next phase, like the next role that you play as a householder or spouse or parent, whatever that may be. So this idea of transitioning wisely is is something that um, I've carried through my life. And I also carry it in my racing as a triathlete, like being patient and wise and purposeful as I transition from sport to sport. So for me, that's how... I am able to, you know, keep that cup full and uh, of peace and calm and all those qualities that I, I desire to live in this world. Yeah, I think if you find you have your cup is not empty, or your cup is empty, or it's only half full, like it's really a, an opportunity to get curious about that. And, um, you know, the old old saying, or I don't know if it's old, but something that really hit me was, you know, when you're who. Do, when you're on an airplane, do you put your your mask on first? Is is that what they instruct you to? And it it is. It, you put your mask on first, and then to to the person next to you. So we got to take care of ourselves in order to be in support of others. Um, and I love everyone's perspective on this. And I I love the question, Linda. You had posed that question. So thank you, and thanks all of you for for joining us. Liz had to go a little bit early, but thank you, Linda, Daniel, Jess. Clark, of course, um, for bringing us all together virtually here. And we'll look forward to the next time we get to share the vibration together. Thank you, guys. Beautiful.